welcome back to Red Cedar Radar. I am joined um, by Kevin and Brendan, some familiar faces from last week. Uh, we are here to talk through um, some very recent breaking news um, that was released today. Um, MSU has released its notice of intent that they will be terminating Mel Tucker's contract uh, for cause. We're going to kind of break that down, talk about what it means, kind of um, the timeline of everything, and kind of where the team will go from there. And also, we're going to take just a small look back in time and discuss the Washington game. Just to kind of give a recap on what all went wrong, if anything went right, what it means for the rest of the season, um, and kind of go from there looking ahead to Maryland. Thanks so much for joining, Brendan and Kevin. It's nice to have you on again. Um, I guess we should start with you, Kevin, because you had quite a busy day covering kind of the Mel Tucker news. Um, give a little synopsis on when Spartans Illustrated found out and kind of how things went from there. So, so uh, we found out that the team had been addressed by Alan Holler earlier in the day and were notified the fact that Michigan State was uh, serving Mel Tucker would notice that he would be let go for cause, or, or rather that they were going to um, ter terminate his contract for cause. And at that point, uh, we worked to confirm it, and we're the first uh, up with the story. Uh, Michigan State provided us with the copy of the letter that they did provide Mel Tucker under his contract is important to note. Um, Michigan state is required to give him a seven day notice that they're going to fire him. And so that's what today was. They notified him that he has seven days to respond to their reasons laid out over about seven pages of uh, explanation of here's why we're going to terminate you for cause for breach of your employment agreement. And he hasn't, through Monday next week uh, until he is terminated. And at that point, um, his termination is taking effect on Tuesday, uh, September 26th. Um, so it's sort of a interesting pink slip, so to, so to say. So I don't know much about this whole process. What is his possible response to that? Does he have anything, any Thing that he can do or is it kind of just a done deal and that's a formality yeah i mean obviously i'm uh no legal expert on it uh but in my opinion um his recourse is pretty much uh well i'm still going to sue you anyways because i disagree with being fired and at that point michigan state's uh likely er the ERT insurance, um, unless they're self-insured which is kind of a weird term that uh frankly is more so used for things like, um, you know, say FedEx has so many trucks, it makes more sense for them to self-insure in that if they get into some type of crash incident uh, with a vehicle, it's cheaper for them to just pay out of pocket than it is to have insurance policies on a fleet of thousands of trucks across the country kind of thing. So similarly, if it's cheaper for Michigan State to just assume the risk uh, on these types of things, but if they do have an insurance policy um, and it does cover individuals such as Tucker, which is a pretty common situation, to be frank. Um, at that point, uh, the insurer is just going to sit down with Mel Tucker's counsel and be like, look, if you file a lawsuit against us, you know you're going to lose. Here's the amount of money that we're going to have to spend defending that lawsuit. So here's a check for some smaller amount than that. And you can either accept it or you're 
client can spend a lot of money to then lose in court and be out all that money to then lose in court. Because let's face it, this is America. Even though you're going to lose a lawsuit, you can sue for pretty much everything. But yeah, I mean, Michigan State's contract is very ambiguously worded in terms of giving them the power on how to define what constitutes uh, the, I'm, I'm not quoting exact language here, but, uh, you know, essentially it's, you know, you have to act with moral upstanding and not bring ridicule on the university. And surprise, surprise, what he did is pretty roundly bring ridicule on the university. Uh, so I don't think any jury, uh, granted it's 12 people too stupid to get out of jury duty as the saying goes. Uh, but you know, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, you're not really going to be likely <laughs> to convince a jury that you didn't bring ridicule on Michigan State University with what you did. So. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that was just a part of it that I didn't really know a lot about. So that gives a little, you know, better of a picture of my, what might happen in the next couple of days. Um, an interesting piece. And I do want to say um, Spartans, Spartan Illustrated's, um, article on this whole topic will be linked in the description of the videos. And I think as more things come out, Kevin will be diligently <laughs> updating it. Um, so that'll be a good place to check back for more information as it will likely unfold, like I said, over the next couple of days. Um, I said, um, I'm trying not to say um this episode. I'm working on it. It's a growth area of mine. Anyways, um, I just said it again. Okay. So the part that kind of interested me the most was when a head coach is terminated, players have the opportunity to enter the portal for 30 days following that termination date. Um, Brendan, you wrote a really good um, opinion piece recently on the Washington game, which we'll get to, but I kind of want to know your opinion on this. Do you think there will be a mass exodus or do you think that Barnett and maybe with the help of D'Antonio – they will retain um, the majority of the guys. Yeah, I think it's unrealistic to expect none of the players to enter. Will there be a max exodus? I think that depends on the position coaches more so than it does Barnett and D'Antonio. Because if the position coaches, like your coach, like Coach Cap, the offense line coach, like Ephraim Reed, the running backs coach, if they can get their guys to still buy in, uh, if they have a good connection with the players, I think they can, can they can keep a majority of those players intact at Michigan State. And it also depends, uh, you know, who, who are they interviewing for the next head coaching job, assuming Tucker uh, is out the door by September 26, which is that uh, seven-day period uh, for which he can kind of fight back here. Uh, so I think it's going to depend really on the position coaches more so than it'll be Barnett and D'Antonio. But we are expecting some players to enter the transfer portal, and that's just – what's going to happen. And that's kind of a realistic expectation, but will there be a mass exodus? That's what Michigan State is trying to prevent here. And if, if I may as well, um, I just want to make clear to to all the internet message boards out there who are going off about, Oh, does Michigan State have any players we want to add to the roster for this fall? Nobody is joining another roster this fall. All right. Uh, under NCAA rules, they get 30 days to put their name into the transfer portal. At this point, it's the end of September. I'm not an expert on every single school that's on the quarter system and when their quarter would take effect. But loosely, I'm not aware of any single power five school that is on a quarter system that hasn't started the semester yet. 
and they aren't able to enter their name until next Tuesday anyways, when it's the final week of September at that point on the calendar. Nobody's leaving Michigan State this fall and suiting up for the University of Michigan or Ohio State or Nebraska or Indiana um, that, or even Minnesota um, to, to list the final games of the season there. Uh, they have to wait until the end of this semester until they can actually enroll at the next university and then they can leave MSU. I mean, they, they can drop out by all means, but they are still student athletes in the middle of school. Uh, you know, they have all their food paid for on scholarship, things like that. So it's not really in their interest to just drop out of school entirely unless they're really unhappy in East Lansing beyond the Mel Tucker thing, which, I mean, at this point, we're not aware of anybody who fits that mold. But th this is an NFL free agency where you can just immediately sign with a team uh, and join the roster that week for the game on Sunday. It, it's not that, even though the internet message boards like to be lazy and pretend like it is. So nobody's doing that, but they do get 30 days starting the date that his termination takes effect next Tuesday, September 26th, to decide whether or not they want to test the waters or not. Or maybe they even have a school in mind because they just simply want to leave already and know that they do. But they're not going to be able to do that this fall. That's a good point. Yeah, if I, I think, I'll just oh, add on to what Kevin's saying. You made a really good point with the 30 days. Uh, but also there's going to be windows uh, after the season ends. So probably around December to early January, there'll be a window. And then after spring ball as well. So it won't really make a ton of sense uh, for Michigan State players to enter in these 30 days. You'll see some names, I think. But combined between these 30 days coming up here, and then after the season, the window right after the season, that if you combine those two, that's when you would get like kind of your mass exodus. If you combine those two windows and the departures that Michigan State might have. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'll be very curious to see if anyone goes who it will be and kind of how it happens, what happened early right away, or will it be within that window we see guys trickle off at the end, or I don't know, it'll just be, it'll just be interesting and something that um, I don't know a lot about, so it'll be not exciting, it'll be scary, more like, I feel like, but okay, here's a question that is probably no one has an answer to, but I've seen things around, going around the internet, Tucker's out, is Barnett the guy for the job or any predictions on who Michigan state might reach out to? Obviously it's still very early um, for Barnett and he didn't have a very good showing against Washington, but what are you guys' opinions on that? Yeah. I mean, I, no offense to Barnett. Um, he's not a name that I personally view as being the acting head coach with the uh, goal of determining whether or not he can take on the full-time uh, head coaching role. Uh, he's a great Spartan, um, has a great legacy under the Mark D'Antonio era, uh, coaching the defensive secondary and, and the no-fly zone and whatnot. But as far as being the next guy to lead the Michigan State program, I just didn't really expect that to be a realistic thing that he's doing this fall. Uh, certainly, my apologies if I'm terribly wrong and he ends up being named. I, I don't mean any offense to that by him. Uh, but to me, it just doesn't really ring true uh, for for what I view him as. You know, he's not a Mickey Joseph at Nebraska last year or a Coach, 
Coach Ed Orgeron at LSU kind of situation to me. To me, he's very much just he's the guy to lead the team through this adversity and step back at the end of it, uh, maybe be retained, maybe not. But in the meantime, do a great service to Michigan State and more importantly, the student athletes that he's helped coach for the last several years in East Lansing. As far as the next name to go, it's really early in the process for me personally. I don't have a lot of names. I know all the popular ones being granted about there. There's Pat Narduzzi, Lance Leopold, uh, Duke's head coach, Iowa State's head coach, Matt Campbell. You you can name plenty of coaches that have been mentioned i can say urban meyer is not one of them and he is not going to be considered and he's not going to be offered or pursued by michigan state and i doubt he has any interest in taking the job in michigan state i'm just going to say that right now another name also jim harbaugh jim harbaugh is not taking the job but beyond that who knows what a crazy turn of events that would be jim harbaugh comes to East Lansing, the student section has to start chanting, we love Harbaugh, which I never thought would come out of my mouth, but that would be like an alternate universe. That's crazy. And I didn't even know that his name was being thrown around. Um, Oh, it it, it wasn't. That was just me being humorous. Um, I mean, technically, he he was available this past Saturday. I mean, he could have worked the flag crew, apparently. He 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 got some experience of that the other weekend, which I think, I mean, personally, I think that's great for him. I mean, he gets to actually be at a sporting event with his son, which he never gets to do on a Saturday. So, you know, free Harbaugh, I, I think the guy wouldn't mind collecting a paycheck while being suspended for longer, frankly. <laughs> yeah, right. It means he gets to go to his son's sporting events. This doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> I think other than Jim Harbaugh, those are some pretty good points. Um, Brendan, I heard that you're kind of – I'm working on an article right now about this topic specifically, gathering some intel about some possible picks and kind of where you think MSU might be looking. Can you give us a little bit of a preview into um, that work? Yeah, I mean, as every coaching cycle goes, when someone uh, gets let go, you got to go deep dive into possible uh, replacements here. So uh, me and a couple other uh, Spartans Illustrated contributors, writers, are putting together a list of about 15 names. I think we're going to go with 15 that Michigan State will probably hire from, in our opinion. Uh, Give you a quick preview. Names like Mike Elko, Duke's current head coach, will be on that list. Uh, Could possibly see a big name who's kind of been sweeping college football lately. Uh, I think you can guess who that is. Uh, Maybe some high-profile coordinators. Brian Hartline might be on that list. Hmm, I don't know. We'll see. So, uh, yeah, drop your suggestions in the comments. Who do you want Michigan State, to hire, Michigan State to hire next? I don't know about that high-profile name. He's wild, and he might be too wild for me. I'm not sure. Just my opinion. We can talk about this more in another episode. But um, that would be crazy if he came to campus. Okay. Any other points that you guys want to make about um, – whatever is transpiring with this termination at all before we move on to the Washington game. I'm just going to say to the high profile name, I don't want no hot tubs on any, any planes in in my experience. So no commercial jets with outfitted with hot tubs where I draw the line, no turbulence. Uh, <laughs> and I'm getting my drink far. service. And I, I think these are some, these are some unnecessary attacks towards this, this said person. I might have to defend this person <laughs> in said article. Hey, if he wants to do that, he can fly <laughs> private. 
I, I, I don't want a hot tub slashing around during turbulence when they're trying to do the limited drink service. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brendan, I would like you to give your best rebuttal to these takes in the article. I'll be looking for it. And I hope that everyone that's listening and watching will also be looking for it. Okay, I want to switch gears from something. I don't know if the Mel Tucker termination is fun or exciting it might be but to something way less high energy i guess of a discussion the washington recap um one positive point that i have beers in spartan stadium i had one to say to my grandchildren that i was there when spartan stadium started selling alcohol and it was fantastic it was expensive but it was fantastic um Brendan, I'm sure that you didn't partake while you were in the press box. Probably not allowed up there. But I had I had one yeah, well, for both a, of us. They did so not. Unfortunately, uh, they did not serve Kevin, alcohol. Kevin, I'm sure. <sighs> That's wrong. That's rude of them. I uh, I, I refrain from partaking at home uh, <laughs> in the nation's capital, watching the. Other Washington, um, yeah, this, yeah, very tempted though. Uh, but yeah, on recap duty, I I was on. Uh, Got to be serious. Yeah. I, I was I was a designated recapper, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, the the funny thing about the you know your grandchildren thing is when my grandmother who went to Michigan State used to visit Michigan State when my oldest brother was there, she would always say, oh, you know, this was over here. And when I was here, that was over there. (laughs) And so eventually my, I think cousin was in law school at the time and was with my brother on this tour with uh, our grandmother. And I think the cousin made the joke, oh, was that Blockbuster there when, when you were here, Mimi? And she just completely misses the point. And it's like, well, you know, I don't think it was. So it's a little fun legacy thing. If if, yeah. if you start doing that and, and somebody asks if there's a blockbuster there, you know, whatever the equivalent is in, in that era. I, yeah, they're, yeah, they're just that will be old, me. So. I assure you that will be me. You know, I was there when Spartan Stadium started serving beer. Yeah, that's my plan. So don't worry. Okay, so that's my one positive point. Brendan, I want to start with you because you wrote a really good opinion piece, like I mentioned previously, about the game. It was fiery, and I liked it, and it was just how I was feeling after the game. Um, Give me some points from that article, Uh, and again, that will be linked down in the description as well for you to read. What were your thoughts after the game, Brendan? Unfiltered, of course. Yeah, well, I have an additional positive. I'll give credit to David Hearns who pointed this out in the press box, but Kaitlyn Hauser had a higher QBR than Michael Penix. So I'll throw that out there. Uh, that's my other positive. I thought Nate Carter looked good as well. But anyway, uh, back on the opinion piece, what we saw on Saturday was inexcusable. As a team that looked unprepared, it was a sloppy team. There were too many mental mistakes. And yeah, you can make excuses for Harlan Barnett. You can make, make excuses for the players, the team, whatever. But if Mel Tucker said before the year that this was his best team at Michigan State, 
they did not prove that whatsoever. As far as I'm concerned, Jay Johnson was is still at Michigan State. Scotty Hazleton is still at Michigan State. They were calling plays before or when Tucker was on the sideline, and they were calling plays on Saturday unless something changed that I'm unaware of. So what we saw Saturday was probably one of the worst losses in Michigan State football's recent history. And the only thing Michigan State fans have to rely on right now is hope, and that's hope for a new head coach and hope for a great hire. And when you rely on hope, you kind of already lost, and there's only one way to go. When you're at the bottom, there's only one way to go, and that's up. So that's kind of the gist of the opinion piece. Check it out. Uh, it's kind of I wrote it throughout the whole second half. Like I was quickly glancing up to watch as plays were going on, uh, but I was mainly gathering my thoughts, typing it out, and we published it right after the game went final. So uh, that was that was the gist of kind of the opinion piece. And yep, check it out in the description here. Yeah, I mean, just uh, um, to add on to that. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Kevin. Sorry. Yeah, I mean. It, even though the score has been more lopsided in other games, that was a record-setting offensive performance by an opponent. Frankly, one of the most puzzling things is how Washington only scored 41 points while racking up 713 yards of total offense. Um, I'm mixing up the numbers here. I think it's 713 and not 731 yards. Uh, but yeah, just... How do you only score 41 points when you rack up that much offense, which was the most since the previous record set by 1995 Nebraska? So, yeah, a little impressive that a 90s offense managed to hold the record that long, but not that impressive when you consider the fact that Washington shattered it with over 700 yards. But, yeah, I mean, thank God for the new score clock rules. So that way, or the, the new clock rules, not score clock, but clock rules. So they were limited to only 41 points, I, I guess. But uh, maybe the next contract should have a clause that you have to have a halfway competent pass defense, uh, you know, or, or else that amounts to cause for termination. Just a, a thought for Alan Howler to, to ponder for the next head coach's contract. Yeah, I, like... I don't even know. Brendan in his article did a really good job of kind of breaking things down. I mean, Noah Kim being unable to connect much of anything. Um, penalties and and silly penalties. Penalties that shouldn't have happened. Um, he mentioned like poor tackling. Something that I noticed multiple times throughout the game was just that Cal Halliday, who I usually think puts in a lot of effort all the time or, you know, tries to put in a lot of effort all the time was just kind of like pushing, not tackling, just kind of getting in the way, letting them move around. And it just wasn't, it just like, wasn't, it just looked like that the fire for the team was not there. Um, and obviously like we kind of talked about something major happened to the team. They lost their head coach, drama, 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 but if they were prepared, and Brennan kind of alluded to this in his article, if they were prepared, they wouldn't have been that rattled, I felt like. This was a team that was already unprepared and then lost their head coach, which like made them spiral more, I think. Maybe that's a bad take, and I don't know. I, obviously, I'm not on the team, so I don't know what their preparedness was like, but that's just what it looked like to a naive observer. Um, I was unimpressed. Any other points on the Washington game from either of you? 
Yeah, just to add on to what you said, I agree with all the points you made. Noah Kim, I just want to touch on him. He was absolutely awful. He was airmailing. He never settled in. Airmailing receivers left and right. Uh, the poor tackling was absolutely abysmal as well, especially on that, I think it was Washington's third touchdown where there was, uh, it was either a Michigan State player or a Washington player tipped the pass, went up in the air. It was up in the air for, it seemed like, three, four seconds. Washington guy caught it, and Michigan State had like three or four or five missed tackles. And Washington scored on that play. Just that encapsulated the night for Michigan State. It was the tackling was awful, and Coach Cap's offensive line was also absolutely horrible in year four. No running room for Nathan Carter. Uh, they didn't give Kim much time. As bad as Kim was, they didn't give him a lot of time in the pocket. So, it's, and it's not like they're playing Georgia's defense. Like Washington's, they have a good defense, yeah, but they're not. This is not like they're not playing, you know, 2020 Alabama's defense. You know what I mean? Or Georgia's 2021 defense. There is an NFL talent at every single position. Like Washington still has some flaws on the defensive side, especially in the secondary against the run game. Michigan State produced 53 yards on the ground. That's it. And it, that falls on the offensive line. I thought Carter did a fine job with what he was with what he was given. Uh, but yeah, Kim also, he was just terribly inconsistent after having two good games. I thought uh, he kind of looked like a Mac quarterback out there. Just, you know, air mailing receivers, wasn't putting it on the money. Uh, so, I mean, there's a ton of things to, to really nitpick at. Not a lot of positives. And we'll see how the team bounces back against a decent Maryland team who looked good last week. Has, has a good passing attack with uh, Talia Tunga-Viola back there. Seems like for his 10th year of eligibility. Uh but yeah, so Maryland's coming to town to East Lansing on Saturday. We'll see how they can bounce back. Yeah, I man. Yeah, any I, points I from just, you, Kevin? Yeah, I'd, I'd just add. Uh, Kim definitely lost his focus clearly and, and got highly rattled after that sack early in the game. And I mean, maybe it, if I went back and uh, tortured myself with rewatching everything up to that moment, I'd still think he was throwing off balls and whatnot but definitely after that sack for the rest of the game watching it live he just did not get comfortable at all in the pocket and just did i mean i, I don't a, a musket would have been more accurate frankly than than his arm uh for the rest of the game not to be too harsh but i mean again you know they're student athletes they're they're kids they're uh, had one heck of a week, definitely a lot rougher than a lot of us have ever experienced. But still, at the end of the day, it's what you do on the field that we're here to talk about. Uh, and they just did not get the job done. That's for sure. Uh, but now we got crab cakes and football this weekend. And and that's what Maryland does. Any predictions for the Maryland game from either of you? Or do you want to refrain from commenting? If MSU wins, there will be so much trash uh, talk. Well, I know Maryland. Day job. Sorry, go ahead, Brennan. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, I think Maryland's about a touchdown favorite. Uh, coming to East Lansing, so Michigan State will have the home field advantage. But if the secondary performed like they did last week and the offense line can't protect, then I'm going to have to go with Maryland here. And obviously, we'll submit our staff picks, uh, and we'll get that published later this week. So... Uh, I haven't. I don't have a score prediction yet, but I'm thinking I'm going to go with Maryland. Whew! I don't. Don't ever say that on the pod again. I'm sorry. 
Anyways, um, I will have a preview of Maryland coming soon later this week with um, someone, you know, from the opposing side, like I have done in weeks past. Um, I really think we should move on from Washington. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It just makes me sad. Uh, like I said, there will be a preview coming soon, and then Brendan and whoever else will be back to recap the Maryland game, hopefully in higher spirits. I do have one more question. Did you guys like that they brought back Thunderstruck? Yes or no? Absolutely. I thought that was the best intro that I've seen at Spartan Stadium. I love me some ACDC. I'm, Kevin, I'm not a swag surfer. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not a swag surfer. Bring me ACDC every day of the week and twice on Sunday. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. You, uh, but, I don't know. You look so much like a swag surfer, Kevin. I don't, I don't know what describes you better than that. <laughs> I mean, hey, if they want to play some Little Nas X or even some Troy Sivan, I'm here for that. But <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not here for, for swag surf. Or, uh, what I, I don't even know the actual title of the song. Is it swag surf? <laughs> no, it's swag surfing, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not with that. But uh, the, the one thing I'll, I'll add is, as my memory serves me, Maryland has never beaten Michigan State in East Lansing as Big Ten foes. So uh, one thing to keep in mind, although then again, it was fun talking about how Michigan State had never lost to Rutgers in either football or men's basketball. And then Mel Tucker happened and 2020 happened mm-hmm. and boom, opened with a loss to Rutgers. So uh, never say never because it always happens eventually unless it's Indiana beating Ohio State sometime this century. But yeah. 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 <laughs> well, um, I will see you all again very soon for my preview episode. Check out the articles linked down in the description here for this episode on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And check out Spartans Illustrated because I know that I'm biased, but we really are putting out some really good coverage of everything that's been happening lately. Lots of deep dive information. Um, Getting information out to readers first is really something that's been a trend lately. So check us out. There's a promo code that I'll put and I've been putting in the description. So check us out and I will see you all again in a couple days. Thanks, Brendan. And thanks so much, Kevin, for joining. Bye-bye.